and welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast. My name is Jordan. I'm here alongside my co-host, Andrew. And Andrew, I would love to ask you how you're doing, but I know the answer to that. Anyone who knows our podcast knows we are recording Thursday evening after a certain game, and we're going to move on from that now. Uh, but yeah, Andrew, welcome in. And we want to welcome in our guest, one-time Survivor at Home player from Survivor at Home Season 4. Also hosts his own Survivor game, which we may ask him a couple of questions about as well. Welcome in Stuart Mitchell. Stuart, we want to hear a bit about your Survivor at Home experience. Cheers. Well, yeah, first off, just happy to be here. Happy to take part. Um, even after the game that shall not be named, I still have all my fingernails on like a certain castaway we know very well <laughs> that was crazy eh yeah that yeah was a weird that was a weird, weird moment in this episode and then Lindsay, just with the off the cuff remark like that's not normal you have an annual amount that's not normal <laughs> that was that was such a it was a funny moment a good moment and um yeah so tell us a bit about Stuart, your survivor at home experience you played uh one time and w- finished top Eight, I believe. Um, yeah, I think I was the merge boot, if I remember correctly. So I think that means I get to call myself a challenge beast, even though I don't think I won a single challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know a bit more about your game because you've told us a lot about it. We actually met through a mutual friend, uh, Scott Wallace, and was telling me that you're a really good guy. Actually, I had heard about you, Darren, from season one, who helped us create some of the back end stuff as well. He wrote me a message. He said, hey, I, I, I heard about this game that a co-worker has played up north in Ontario. And I looked on the website. I was like, this is really cool. And then just fast forward. And then Scott, our buddy, mutual friend Scott, says, hey, you should get in touch with my old buddy Stuart because he runs this great Survivor game. I check it out and I find out that's the same one. And you and I had like an hour-long Zoom call on a random Tuesday morning. And uh, we, we talked a little bit about it. I'd love for you to share about your game and, and kind of what inspires that and then what your experience was playing survivor at home for sure survivor lake of bays that's what we call it um basically it started in back in university uh we started doing uh, we didn't even know what a live game was at the time and we just uh, i I remember inviting a bunch of friends over and it was a specific day we started at two o'clock in the afternoon and we basically played survivor until it must have been four in the morning uh voted people out all the challenges were drinking games because it was university um and essentially we just kept doing it because everyone had such a good time so it got to a point where it just expanded and expanded and eventually we found some great property to um to run our our game at and it the game is just blown up now and it's it's a three night four day event we get 16 people everyone comes with one person that they know uh, so it's almost like a blood versus water kind of style game, but you don't know anybody else. So you come in and we've built legit challenges from the show. We've got a, a tribal council that will feel more real than anything you could ever imagine. It's, it's pretty incredible. The emotions run high. Last season, we had uh, 11 of 16 people cry by the end of it, which I didn't even think we could hit that number. And that's and just because of your unkind words to them, not the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it, it, it ranges. Like some people it's for silly reasons. Most of the time it's, it's when someone gets voted out and they go do their exit interview and they just have this emotional release and they just can't help, but 
but let it flow. And they, they open up and talk about the game and it's, it's so rewarding to see how passionate everyone is. Mm-hmm. When they, when I love they that. Yeah. I'm sure you get the same feeling when you, when you watch all our stuff uh, for survivor at home. I do. It wells up within me. And as we'll get to at the very end of this episode, Jeff's quote this week gave me all the feels because that was oh, yeah. just the yes. summary of what this game is and he's talking about the camaraderie but the competitiveness and this game is meant to be a journey and for fun and these are people you're going to spend the rest of your life uh you know journeying with beautiful stuff man this game is the best people laugh all the time about survivor they say it's a show that was on 20 years ago they don't understand how fun this is and if you're listening thank you for tuning in we know that you're a big fan survivor fans survivor at home fans maybe future survivor lake of bay fans uh now i know that you are looking for two more candidates applicants for this season how does it work and who might be eligible yeah so essentially we're looking for a male female pair um we try and go in with even genders if at all possible um so we basically had one pair drop out a couple of months ago and we've just been trying to fill that spot with someone that's going to uh, mesh well with everyone else so you can go to survivorlakeofbays.com and there's an application form that you fill out it's 250 bucks per person for the four days and includes your food uh the entire game and the property that you play on is pretty spectacular i must say um for everyone that's out it's essentially just a, a great vacation weekend for them they'll go hot tubbing swim in the lake uh they'll play can jam and all sorts of stuff and basically just becomes a big family. Sounds amazing. What are you looking for in the ideal candidate, Stu? Well, he um, did ask me already, and he didn't ask you, Jordan, so that must say something. That answers that. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, this is the first time I've ever spoken to Jordan. So this, uh, Yes. This is the fun part about like Survivor at Home Season 4 versus the podcast because I watched, I was watching Survivor at Home Season 4, so I watched you play right um you once you were voted i didn't get to see you because i didn't get to see the jury chat um but watched you play and then i'm sure you've listened to a couple episodes of the podcast so i've seen you you've heard me but yeah you're right we've never spoken at all before um yeah i feel like i know you and i feel like i know you too and yet (laughs) both of us are like no he doesn't know me at all so it's a fun dynamic but yeah what are you looking for in someone who's applying to your every survivor game's a little bit different survivor at home's been friends of friends we hit kel on last week and he's it's a um very intense group of people but they don't know each other and it's all based online what are you looking for in some of your candidates yeah i mean we have a wide range we have people that have watched nothing of the show we have people that have watched every single episode four times so it doesn't really matter your experience with the show all we really want is someone who if you can picture yourself going to an adult summer camp and having the best time of your life and meeting a whole bunch of new people because let's face it at this point in our lives it's 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 hard to meet people that are a similar age and and have this these weird nerdy tendencies that we love to to flaunt when we can. Um, so yeah, just somebody who's willing to go all out, be a little outgoing, maybe do something that's a bit uncomfortable, but I guarantee you're going to come out of it with an experience that will either haunt you or just stick with you for the rest of your life. Awesome. I love it. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Andrew, did you have anything else to Well, uh, I was just going to say Survivor like a base. I I did want to apply katie and i my sister wanted to seriously apply and there's there is some nervousness there and i'm getting a taste of what you might feel as you're interested in applying for survivor at home for those of you who are listening 
or even to the real show, there is a normal human response that comes in of like, ah, oh, that might be too hard. That might push me. But there is something to be said of just doing it anyway, like to not make a decision based out of fear. That's like a personal goal for me this year where I find I'll do that a lot where I'm like, ah, no, my default is like probably that won't work out. Like, I don't know, as opposed to being like, let me see. And like, what's the worst that could happen, you know, like and try and apply. And then the only thing for us not playing is it's my dad's 75th uh, birthday. And we're going to probably do a little something. I hope he's not listening to this because we're doing a little get together for him, but nothing big, just honoring him. And I said to Sue, maybe I'll just call in sick. We'll see how that goes. So <laughs> just say I got COVID and then show up at Lake of Bay Survivor. But no, really love to hear about these games. If you are interested, we, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. You can also just reach out to us. And we also, of course, want to plug our own game, Survivor at Home, a light version coming up May 27th. That's a Friday night from 7 p.m. to 12.30. Some of you have said, I love Survivor at Home. I love the idea, but the two nights is too much for me. Or maybe I don't know as much about Survivor. This is a perfect bite-sized taste an opportunity for you to come and try it out it'll be just as fun there is the voting out but it's a little sillier the game's a little like task master e if you know that show the british comedy show so love for you to consider and again if your first response is at like you're listening to this i'm not sure like maybe not it's hard to commit to something just can i encourage you to do it and can i encourage you right now even to go on the website it's actually hidden because we're only wanting people who we know through this podcast or friends of friends if you're listening right now, survivoratthome.com forward slash light, L-I-T-E, forward slash light, and check out the application. Do it. You won't regret it. It's only five bucks. It's a great chance to meet this growing community. And as again, as you said, Jeff pointed out in this episode, this show brings just some of the most amazing people together for one of the most crazy, intense competitions. But you make truly some lifelong friends and a, and a community of people who just share this love and this passion. And so... There's my little plug for that. And of course, we had the event in the fall, which we can talk about further. Um, SurvivorAtHome.com and our Twitter handle at SurvivorAtHome. Interact with us there. We had over, uh, as of right now, I think over 75 likes. All I did was re, like, quote Jeff's line, his, his quote from Tribal Council and post it. And it just shows you how much that resonates with people. Um, maybe I should do that more to get people on board. But um yeah i think we can jump into the episode and i'm excited because i got a couple audience questions which i know Stu will be able to answer because of something he's told me so there's a little teaser for a few minutes down the road remind me if i forget but jordan you want to kick us off here with the opening scenes after tribal Council? let's let's kick us off here so this one this episode is called battle royale and uh, we're getting to that point in this game where it is a battle royale out there outwit outplay out last we are in the outwit portion for sure Back at camp, um, successful blindside on high, and Mike is proud of himself, I think it's fair to say. Um, I thought he was kind of borderline arrogant about uh, about that vote out. I think that's a fair thing to say as well. High thought he was the king, but his peasants banded together against him to overthrow him. Um, an interesting kind of line by Mike. Did you guys find him a little bit arrogant in that moment? Yeah, I mean, he basically completely villainized High. And I mean, hi, I, I know based on what Omar told him, he could be viewed as a villain. But at the end of the day, like, I loved Hi. I thought he was a great player. He's a lot of fun to watch. And I, I think it was just Mike trying to take advantage of the moment and try and make sure everyone agrees with what he's saying. 
And Please. keeping in mind what Omer said, Omer admitted in a confessional was a lie about high that he told Mike as well. Right. So vilifying high when he was actually, I called Omer last week or Omar, like a good villain, a like, he's a likable villain. Like I like watching what Omar is, but he's definitely fits under the villain category. He's not a hero. He's a villain. The way he's kind of back channeling everything. He's playing a villain's game, but it's, he's likable. He's not a, there's hateable villains out there that are legitimately, I wouldn't want to play with that person. I wouldn't want to be around that person. He's a great villain, but he's a lot of fun. Yeah. He's like a puppy that bites. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mike's going to have to do, if he gets to the final three, he's going to, probably find out especially if, obviously if omer's there that some of this was based his some of his confidence is based on a complete lie it'll be interesting to see if he can pivot and spin that even to say look okay i realize that now but even still i was able to take something i know some people are hating on mike but maybe take that and make a big deal of it and make you know some carry some forward momentum celebrating getting high out but i think again if omer's there he can step back and say look i was like the true ruler here and you guys were thinking you were involved but it was me dictating um i want to ask you Stu, just as have you been watching the season as you've been listening along do you believe in the winner's edit um like i've i don't usually say that but i've said with omar it feels like he just has been given so much credit for orchestrating so many of these plans that even other players don't they think they're the ones doing it but what's your take on that do you think it's a real thing and do you think omar uh really is going to be the champion this season it's, it's funny. I listen to a few podcasts about Survivor and I really try and tune out all the winner edit talk. I, it's just not something I like following. Mm-hmm. I, I want to watch the game and how the game flows. And I feel like looking into the winner edit almost just takes something out of that experience. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I, I think the show is so aware of its fans now being so intelligent and knowledgeable about the game that I think they have to trick us in a lot of ways. Like last year, I, I, I know our winner didn't get the, the best at it, but at the end of the day, it kept the whole thing a surprise and exciting till the end. Yeah. You can't argue with that. I mean, except for if it comes to how much time is left in the episode and will the do or die work or not because <laughs> that to me was pretty obvious as we got through it's like they haven't figured that one out yet you look at the clock it's like okay probably it's going to work out for Lindsay because there's more than just a little bit of time left in the tribal so they're probably going to have a vote but anyway i agree with you overall they do they do really trick you uh, i always watch the episode back a second time if i get a chance just to take some more notes as we prepare for this and it is just interesting to see um knowing you know who's getting voted out like they really do splice it well through the episode it's really hard to pick it and and people who say they know i think are just making it up and they have those charts that say how many confessionals but i'm i am similar to you like i i I generally don't like that stuff i just want to be entertained and they there's a reason the show is still on tv after all these years is because it just draws you in it's fascinating to watch and they tell a great great story um, and this cast is the real deal. Like they're not just faking it. Jeff says again at the end, this is some of the strongest gameplay I've ever seen. People just going for it. And each of these contestants, maybe outside of Romeo, are giving it their all. Um, and speaking of Romeo, he says here, I'm okay sitting back, letting the big eagles eat each other up. Um, and then maybe the underdogs can pounce and take over the game. Um, as that's happening as well, Lindsay and Drea making plans to chat 
um, which of course will be a part of the amulet. Um, but what do you think about then that conversation with, with Romeo and what we see the next morning? I just had one issue with Romeo's and it's that it felt like he's just saying, I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. If he wants to win, he could still win the game. I don't believe he will based on what he's doing or not doing at this point. But if he wants to win the game, yeah, he's not a threat to be voted out anymore because the Eagles, or I always like to use Tony's uh, version, which is the lions and hyenas. He's a hyena and the lions are the ones who are going to eat each other up now for the rest of the way. But if he wants to win, he's got to try and make a mark on the game and dictate something that's going on in the last half of this game. Because, yeah, he can get to the final three. He's got a road to it because he's just going to be goaded all the way through. But he's not even going to get any votes at this point. Who's out there Mm. that's going to vote for Romeo if he's in the final three? No one. So he can sit back a little bit and let those bigger players eat each other up. But if he wants even a chance of winning this game... He's got to make a move, an immunity or two, a strong vote. He didn't even vote for the right person in the last tribal council. Well, and this ties in perfectly with Marianne with just like one of the, I thought this would be the saying of the episode. And then Jeff said what he did. But when she speaks out in the confessional of like, hey, this is like a blessing and a curse. The blessing is I'm not seen as a big threat right now. So I'm probably safe. And then she says the line that like I say, you hear me say it here all the time. And we talk about and survivor at home i'm like yeah but what if you make the final and the finale but you don't you're not seen as a big enough threat to get any votes what's the point in doing that and Stu, it'd be we've talked about this a lot on the podcast but imagine you're there on the island and i like does it resonate with you that desire to just hey i just want to get to the end because you never know what happens or do you think you might truly do something drastic around this point if you're romeo for example or marianne to say, look, I, I know I will not win without a strong resume. And right now I'm not going to win. I'll probably go home if I do this, but the alternative is getting there and not winning for sure. What, like, what would you do if you're in their shoes knowing, because no one wants to go home. You don't want to leave the, the experience, right? Yeah. I think Romeo and Marianne are in different situations. Like Marianne's got an idol in her pocket. She knows she can make a big move at some point. She could try and use that to her advantage. Whereas Romeo doesn't really have the tools to do much right now. He's got no one voting with him. He doesn't have any information and he doesn't have any advantages. So I think he, I mean, keep in mind, they're starving, they're sleep deprived. And this guy's probably trying to come up with any idea to make a big move to get himself in the conversation at least, but there just isn't anything available to him. He's biting at scraps. Like he's you saw him picking out rice in the, in the, in the pot, right? Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. You're right. He's the hyena for sure. Well, Mike Chirpy and be like, his only move is this, reaching into the pot and taking out rice. <laughs> like that's, imagine you're Romeo like- watching with your friends and family, like seeing that, like, oh man, that's pretty humbling. But Romeo, he kind of owned it, didn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to at that point, right? You have to at that point, like you're, you're totally right though on Romeo and Marianne being in two different spots because Marianne is legitimately a move an idol play away from, Oh yeah. Okay. She's, she's right here in this conversation. Romeo's a lot further than that away. Yeah. Um, but whatever it, that threshold line is, which is a very judgmental line, but, uh, but whatever that threshold line is, she's like good move. idol play something away. And he's just, he's just not. But we're, I mean, it's always easier to watch. But again, Marianne, now, even if she gets to final five or whatever it is, she can use her idol. Is it six now, by the way, sidebar? 
Someone I thought someone said it's final six now is the last time you can play an idol, not final five. Yes, I believe so, because final five is the last vote, and there's only an immunity idol at the final five. So yeah, final six would be the last time she can use it. But it yeah, used that... to be final five, right? Yeah. Unless I'm blanking here. Yeah. Anyway, so say she does, I mean, wait, that's this episode anyway, but uh she, she, uh, is she waiting too long is my point like don't you have to do something when you're that far out like hey i have an idol i'm gonna do like what john matthews did in survivor at home season two i think it was or season three, three, three. where he tried to play an idol to save alex and then try to play it for himself it didn't quite work out but he was doing something drastic to just make everyone else look at him and be like wow this guy's just going for it and i think I always watch and see, and Marianne seems to be self-aware enough to know that she's probably not going to win right now. So why not do it? Why not just come up with a crazy plan, create a crazy lie, and then play your idol to save someone else and get someone else? I don't know, kind of like Omar did with this, but she, because she's not, she's not, even if she uses her idol well next time, it's not enough in the resume, I think, at this point to win the game. No. No, maybe Although she not. is Canadian, so I'll give her. She's Canadian, but, so yeah. we'll give her that one. Um, as we move through, we touched on it quickly. Lindsay and Drea have the conversation about the amulet, and it has more power. I don't know exactly how the two of them will decide to w- could decide to use it together for the steal a vote. It's a great dynamic, but actually functioning as using it, two people sharing it, is I think an interesting. Um, twist to it and would be really hard but now it's got more power as an amulet it's no longer an extra vote it's a steal a vote um, which is which is different okay morning time Marianne's toenails fall out this is one of the weirdest scenes of the season it's a great scene it's comedic relief you always need your generally Marianne is someone tweeted this I don't know who it was but generally Marianne is your comedic relief in this season she just with her insane ranting which is always hilarious and all over the map to just being fun and and happy-go-lucky and she she brings a smile to your face all the time um but it was Lindsay's line of that's not normal that you have an annual amount of your toenail falling off (laughs) um, of your of your body was one of the better lines of this episode and um well i wonder if that's nutrition right is it She's think Lindsay's thinking through that lens of like your your health. Yeah, she uh, is, but she also recognizes that when Marianne is under normal nutrition at home, that's still happening. Right. That is weird. I I think the uh, the thing that goes unnoticed in that scene, which I just died watching, was Jonathan is on the side of the log with his shirt just pulled over his head. And I just thought back to that scene where they they showed him listening to Marianne and Lindsay earlier in the season talking nonstop, and he was just losing his mind. And I pictured him <laughs> under that hoodie, just doing the exact same thing. And it just brought a, a smile to my face. That's for sure. <laughs> he is like, he's showing the, the effects, right? Of just, oh, man. The, the, he said, yeah, I'm trying to bite my tongue and the, he... the, the fatigue of it. And just, yeah, that's probably what he's doing there too. He just doesn't, want to engage in the small talk and it's funny how yeah. our different personalities some people when they're stressed like they can still do that kind of socializing but some people it's like i can't fake it steph tells me yeah. that all the time like if i'm tired or stressed i i am not good at hiding it at all and she's like just pretend to like the person for a minute and it's hard it's so like again that take the food away take you know, different personalities that you're rubbing shoulders with all day uh-huh. i could see myself 
at times avoiding that, but you can't do too much either. And, and we'll that, get in. Oh, go ahead, Stu. Yeah, I was just going to say that comes into play in Survivor all the time. Like, we don't see, we haven't seen other castaways talking about it, but there is potentially other players that also find them equally as annoying. And mm-hmm. if that is an ongoing trend and that most people feel that way, they're not going to get votes at the end because people tr- tend to not vote for people they're annoyed by. Right. That Pete, that, I thought of that exact thing this episode too with a Jonathan. You know, can you win if people don't like you, but you can explain, look, socially, I still maneuvered, outwit, and outplayed. But that, at the end of the day, you're right. If people don't, if they find you annoying, like it, that's that much harder to do it. By the way, um, I may start to put my shirt over my head because you guys are starting to bother and annoy me. Oh, yeah. We're the ones that are bothering and annoying you tonight. All right. Go ahead. um just a quick kind of thought on that though there's a difference between finding someone annoying and being irritated in a moment right you're irritable because you aren't sleeping you aren't eating you're losing like three pounds of body weight every day if you're jonathan you're losing like way more than that but so you can easily become irritated in a moment but overall i just don't know that these I think long are the days where someone truly annoying is on a cast and everyone's just bothered with them. I think if that happens, that person's getting voted out really early in this game, Mm -hmm. because as we see in this episode, it becomes a storyline post episode. The camaraderie here is phenomenal. And so I just wonder, like, I'm going to push back a little bit on them finding each other annoying. They, they get irritated in a moment like Jonathan does, but I think overall this, this cast truly does. Everyone's just likable and a, a good person out there regardless if marianne talks a lot and jonathan throws his sweater over his head because he's annoyed because she just keeps talking while he's super tired and doesn't want to hear it in that moment right mm-hmm. so i just think there's a bit of a difference between the two and maybe maybe they are super annoyed with each other i just i i feel like gone are the days where that's actually the case yeah that makes sense to me i do miss that part of the television show though man it was funny when you got someone who just irritated people and they would just do what, like dumping rice. And like, when's the last time we saw a good rice dump? Rice dump, <laughs> pouring water in the fire. Oh, yeah. All those things. I came across a video on YouTube today of someone from a season pouring water on, on a fire and just <laughs> chaos ensues inside that tribe. Chaos cast, yeah. Okay. Well, it wasn't chaos cast, but yes, chaos cast does of that, ensue. Of that school, yeah, that for school. sure. Yep. Um, uh, the next thing is on the beach, the big fire, the the five big players of this uh, of this final seven are sitting on the beach together. Jonathan, Mike, Drea, Omar, and Lindsay. Um, they're acting like they're surprised that Romeo and Marianne are still around and they want to stick together. They're big competitors. They actually are big competitors. All of them. Yeah, they are. Um, are, are huge into competition. Um, they agree they want to stick together. And we get like the oh, this is cool. They want to play with the most competitive people. Like, let's get the best players in the final five. Everyone's starting to buy the storyline because I didn't want I didn't want to buy that storyline at all. Didn't want to believe it. And then they just stuck with it for a couple of minutes on the broadcast. And I was like, okay, I'm in on this. I'm good with this. Let's do it. And then Mike um, and Omar have their side chat. And immediately it's like, no, I wanted to make Drea feel safe. Let's get her. Let's mm-hmm. get her out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to win. And all the momentum starts to go towards Drea's playing a phenomenal game, which we had momentum on our podcast last week about Drea playing a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. Um, one question for you guys, this Mike 
talked the storyline around Mike early in the season was I gave this person my word. I'm not voting them out. I gave this person my word. I'm not. Now he's given everyone his word, knowing that he's not going to follow through on that. Right. It's uh, Swathy 2.0. <laughs> did you see Cal's tweet? What did he say? Like a take a shot for every time Mike gives someone his, his word. Yes. And then uh, Alex Street replied back saying double shot once he breaks it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the game. I, I don't think people, again, are harping on Mike. I think I think everyone is doing that. You just don't see it. Like, you're, of mm-hmm. course, you're telling everyone, yeah, yeah, I give you my word. But you're right. A guy who prides himself on being a little bit more uh, like old school with that. Like, yeah, I gave you my handshake. It, it means something to me. Mm-hmm. And then to see him very quickly go back and even like be critical of other people who do the same. Um, he, yeah. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but yeah, he, he's, he's a bit hypocritical in it. But I, I, how can you not love Mike, man? He's, he's the best. I'm totally on board with that. And he, like, you know, in this game, you ha- you're going to have to be untruthful to someone. You're probably going to have to straight up lie to someone. Um, that's a part of the game. It's just that he made it a storyline about himself that earlier in the season, I gave this person my word. I don't want to go back on it. It was a big deal with the Rocks Roy vote that he had given him his word and then felt kind of bullied into it a little bit. And now all of a sudden he's willing to use that as a weapon, whereas it was a, a weakness of his just you know, four days ago out there and two weeks ago for us. So I just, I don't know that for me was something that's sitting a little bit like that could come back to bite him in a final travel council situation. Mm-hmm. Right. With someone like high. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this is a good time for an audience question. And Stu, I'm excited for you to tell us because I know that you can answer it. Uh, the, the audience question is, have you ever met a real life survivor contestant in person or seen someone up close? And so uh, I haven't given you guys warning about this, but uh, who wants to go first? Have you ever met a real survivor competitor? Jordan, take it away. I okay, it's simple. I have not. Um, no, <laughs> hold on. But you had didn't you just this week past weekend have like a second hand? I did have a second hand. Yes, I did have a second hand actually with Marianne. It wasn't myself there, but it was a couple of my family members um, at a cousin's graduation. My cousin doesn't know Marianne, but they were at the same graduation ceremony with joint schools. Um, And so a couple of my family members were there and saw her. Most of the family members that were there don't actually watch Survivor, so it didn't really matter to them. But my mother and sister were both uh, there. And I think... uh, Didn't they talk to her? I think quickly they did speak with her. Yeah. She's like trying to go up on stage to do something for the school. And your mom's like, hold on. Let's hold just on. Talk we just, just got to talk survivor. And she yeah. can't talk about the season. I think they also know the results and they, they just, they can't talk about the season. Even Drea to show you, they can't talk about the season um, put out on, we're going to reference Twitter forever and ever now uh, put out on Twitter. Like, thanks for all the response after last week's episode with what happened in that final tribal happy to share my thoughts once the season's over. I just can't yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they literally are tight lipped about it um, and can't talk about survivor basically at all um, outside of live comments on the episode. But right. yeah, my mom and sister did, uh, did have a run in with her quickly. So secondhand. Well, and we're going to see more of that for the Canadian side of things. So I saw Drea on Instagram, by the way, she's got like almost a million followers, which must've been before uh survivor too i think she's a health and fitness instructor as well and anyway but she's posting like in like a condo in toronto as well i'm like oh i thought she was in montreal or something and 
and then obviously Marianne, then Erica, like I know that she's in the city. They're just cool. And Omar and the GTA. So that growing kind of uh, cast of Canadians that is likely to run into them. But Stu, how about you? What's your yeah, stories? I was, I was just going to say too, Marianne and Omar, like they're Ajax and Oshawa. That's where they're from. They're basically neighbors. Yes. Yeah. I, I would, I, I know it hasn't come up on the show, but I'd be surprised if that hasn't come up at some point. They've talked about it and, and bonded over oh, that because that's yeah. that doesn't happen we rarely have two canadians on at the same time never mind from <laughs> 10 minutes away from each other right yeah absolutely um anyway so my my experience um yeah i've met a whole bunch of survivors and it was it was wild so essentially what happened is a friend of mine um we we went down to la for a finale it was game changers and uh, a mutual friend of ours got us into the finale. She was able to score some tickets and we were so excited. So we made a whole trip of it. We went to, to Joshua Tree and uh, went camping and then basically had a whole plan for how we were going to try and sneak into the Survivor after party. Um, <laughs> so basically, we went online and dove into old photos from previous parties to figure out like, okay, what bar where the these guys may be at and we ended up finding photos that led us to one place so the day before the finale we went and we're sitting there we're asked we asked the waiters like is there anything going on here any special events tomorrow night nothing we're kind of having our last beer of the day and in walks zeke and he's with a group of people and at one point he goes to the washroom and i said to my buddy i was like I know this is offside, but like, I'm going to the washroom right now. I got to talk to this guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I go into the washroom and uh, it was a very awkward, weird conversation. Uh, didn't find out anything about the party, put it that way, but it was, it was the momentum. So it ended up next day, we go to the finale. And when you go, there's essentially prior to the actual recording of the episode, they have all these challenges outside that you can participate in. So my friend and I are going through, there's a huge line of people doing all this stuff. We're going through challenge by challenge and we get to the last one and this TV crew comes out and they start looking for kids to compete in a challenge. And then Zeke walks out and Zeke's going to play with the kids. And then somehow John Kerhofer, he's like the, the challenge producer. He's been on the show since the very beginning and he's, he creates all the crazy stuff. He picks Carson, my, my buddy and I, he picks us out and he's like, okay, we're going to split you guys up. And you're going to go on what tribe each. Cause you look like a child is what you're saying. I guess, I guess I have no idea. So my friends on one team with these four little kids, one's got a broken arm. And then I'm on a tribe with two kids who are bigger than the other kids, myself and Zeke. And I was like, this is a slam dunk. Like we're going to crush this thing. So we end up winning the challenge. And when they're doing a little final video at the end, I say to Zeke, Hey, are you going to the after party tonight at, and I mentioned the bar that I saw him at the previous day. And he said, no, no, don't go there. Go here. So he leaked the name. Anyway, finale was great. Go to this bar at night. There is no list, no bouncer. I think because LA's got so much stuff going on. They just don't care about Survivor. And we walked right into this party and it was 
amazing. We just had the best night. We hung out with Sandra for about an hour, uh, just shooting the stuff and having a great time. We, uh, Adam Klein, we spent a lot of time with, um, who else? Uh, Joe, like just so many big players that we were, I mean, we'd had a few drinks as well. So the night is a bit blurry, but it was just such a fantastic time that kind of sparked from this little idea of going to the finale. That is a great story. <laughs> so cool. Get to know like some some big survivor names too, right? Some winners at war contestants, a couple others that were not just any survivor contestant, but right. like some of the bigger ones. The big names. Seen. That's amazing. So they like I always wonder in that setting when they get annoyed, but I think you had told me that like they're kind of like politely saying this, but they're like D-list celebrities, right? So they they yeah. like enjoy like fan people noticing them. It's not like it's Wayne Gretzky walking down the street, like it's Right. Yeah, I mean, I think these parties only happen so often. And I think because it was a returnee season with so many big players, um, there were there were just so many of them there. And I think it was a big reunion for a lot of them because you had some castaways supporting those who were actually in that season mm-hmm. and everyone was kind of together. So, yeah. I wonder was, if, like, if Jeff walks in at, like, 145 and is like, okay, I'm paying for I'm paying for everyone's drinks here. Like, who covers the tab there? Or are they, are they saying, sorry, like, this is on you? Like, everyone's got their own individual tabs, Survivor players at the bar. All I know is at one point, the editor of the show bought me a drink. Um, he said, sorry about this season. We were chatting about Survivor for a while. He said, sorry about this season. Don't worry. The next one's going to be amazing. And the next one was Ghost Island, I'm pretty sure. And is that Wendell? Game, yeah, I, th- I think Game Changers was better, was it I, not? I, 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 I like most returnee seasons and I liked Game Changers. Yeah. Personally, not everyone has a, I mean, there's a couple different castaways that probably could have been better cast on that one, but I, I like Game Changers overall. It had a couple weird moments, but it was a good, it was a good season with returnees. Returnees generally have really high level play from the beginning through the end for the most part and um it just yeah. hurts to watch them get eliminated as we know very well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes it does yes it does uh okay let's head back to this episode here the next day and jonathan is physically struggling more than we've seen in this season um and he starts to break down um his resting like he's a big guy resting wise he's burning 2000 calories a day and i don't know what their intake is but it is not anywhere close to 2000 calories so he's just losing weight on weight like muscle on muscle he's going through it and everyone's going through the physical nature of it like someone like romeo is literally dwindling away he's dwindling away there and jonathan's in a different spot but he's um physically struggling he feels he breaks it down to the point where he feels like if he moves it's just way too much on him to Mm -hmm. be walking around in the day and he can't sustain energy um no what i was thinking is we should have got ben from survivor home and your buddy ben who played made the finale uh he's a doctor i was like Mm -hmm. maybe we should get him on for a few minutes tonight to to talk to us about that like how does it actually work like is jonathan is is that true what he's saying is it harder for him because everyone is suffering like does and doesn't he have more like in his body that his body can feed mm. off that would last longer 
I would just right. be curious to actually know scientifically what the the rationale is there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's working overnights, but I can send him a message and I'll let you do know it. We hear do back. it. Yeah. Yeah. I would be curious to hear. Tell him to jump on the Zoom call and say hi for a minute. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Because that it's easy to say that he's a big guy and so he's used to having so much. But mm-hmm. I think Lindsay even says, like, I like this is hard for me too, right? I'm Drea everyone as well. Drea, yeah. So yeah, you're right. It was Drea. Just that's a reality for each of the contestants and getting hangry as Lindsay said and i love just again Lindsay and jonathan this theme of them butting heads the clashing you know the eternal battle going on all season long you'd love to see it uh and just i think she just continually just holds her own i do find she is courageous in speaking a little bit to him and to others about him but i do find maybe she's just trying to to ease like not ruffle feathers but there's been a few times where he's kind of aggressively confronted her being like, Hey, I don't, you know, when you speak this way, it's, you know, you're just shutting people down. And, and she's like, okay, I'm sorry about that. Like she, she almost just like takes it on the chin. And mm-hmm. I, I almost wish she would speak up for herself a bit more. Cause it almost seems like he's intimidating her a little bit. I could be wrong about that. Uh, but otherwise That's- she's pretty aware. Does that resonate with you at all? I think it's just smart gameplay to not react. I mean, right, the right. first, the the real slip up we see here is Drea, right? She's the first one to kind of shoot back at Jonathan with the whole fishnet debacle. And when, if you're another castaway in that moment, that's gold. Like mm-hmm. you got to take that and you just fuel that fire. You'd go talk to Drea and you rip on Jonathan. Then you talk to Jonathan mm-hmm. and you rip on Drea and you just let, that whole right. situation explode. You yeah. do it really subtly. Just like, wasn't that so annoying? How they, like, yeah. he was not, like, we were just trying to get the f- stupid net and he wouldn't even help us. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You, you stir that pot. And in the moment, Lindsay doesn't necessarily stand up to him in that way. But then we see her confessional where she goes, I'd be okay with Jonathan going home. He's not a great ally because of the way he talks to me and he just wants to dictate everything. That's what I mean. She's aware of it, but yeah, she's aware of it and she knows what needs to be done, but also in this moment, isn't going out there and just wanting to stand up to him and ruffle those types of feathers. Cause he already knows we see it from as well. He knows headbutting with Drea definitely will make her want to vote him out. Mm -hmm. He acknowledges that. Doesn't he? He Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. And good on him. Like, at least he's self-aware enough to say, okay, I got to be careful because I've been trying to bite my tongue. He's a little bit cocky, I think, in saying that, but, like, trying to bite my tongue all season. And and now I finally, like, speak out. And this, I know now just from that one lashing out that they might target me, which, as you said, Stu, does happen. Like, it can be one little thing. So good on him to at least be self-aware to say, okay, I got to I gotta kind of watch my back now because I'm sure they're going to be talking uh, about me after the bickering there. Um, Lindsay, you know, still under the radar, but she is a legit contender. Um, and she, again, being shown that she wants to get Jonathan out, um, and she knows what she's capable of doing, right? That's, I just, I guess what I'm getting at is I wish she would just, in some of those confessionals, we see it later in the episode, but I wish she would be like take ownership there of like, I, I'm ready to make the move, I'm ready to do this big play, um, and actually make it happen. We move and speaking of wanting to make it happen, the immunity challenge comes up and do or die is back. Um, last week on the podcast, I punted do or die into the sun along with something else, some other twist, um, because I just can't stand it. Uh, That's but- a great line, by the way. If you didn't, if you're listening, you didn't catch it, go back 
into that two-hour episode with Kel last week. And whenever Jordan said that, it was hilarious. That was one of the best <laughs> lines of the season. Um, I did. I don't. I yeah. Straight up on the record, I don't. I don't like this twist. But anyways, it's gonna happen. I can't prevent that. I can't stop that. Um, it's do or die. And part of the decision making is if you compete in the challenge, you have a shot to go into this game of chance to get eliminated from survivor. Um, everyone gets, I think it's a purple rock and a gray rock. And mm-hmm. if you show purple, you're, you get choice. Obviously, if you show purple, you're playing. If you show gray, you're not, uh, Marianne, Omar, Drea, Romeo, who am I missing? Someone else didn't Mike. play. Mike, thank you. There we go. Mike doesn't play. So those five don't play. Lindsay and Jonathan. That's worst case scenario, honestly, for both of them. Because I know Jonathan's the the guy who could win five out of the next four challenges. Um, but uh, Lindsay's the one who's competing with him the most. She's the closest to beating him in any challenge. And so um, that's worst case scenario for both of them. But especially for Lindsay, that's worst case scenario. Now she gets encouraged by Jonathan by Mike later in the episode on good for her to go for it. Like proud of her for, no, I, I want to win this. I want to knock him out. Let's do this. And she goes for it. Um, the challenge is, what does it look like? It looks the like Jesus on the cross challenge. Is what like, Steph calls it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks yes. like you're hanging on a cross. So there's a couple of aspects to it. One is your arms are behind your head, holding that bar. Your heels are, kind of on a ledge not really there's a little bit of a ledge that you can stick your heels into which is only going to make them go numb and i didn't realize one of the rules of the challenge is your back and your butt have to stay against the pole you can't lean out from it no um yeah that, that Jonathan was went of the down at one point he went down but he did not lean out so he slid down it but he didn't lean out that was part mm. of the rules that jeff said i watched the episode twice and caught that the second time around um, cause I think that like, if you were able to stretch out a little bit, that would help, but no, you can't stretch outward. You can stretch down, mm. um, as long as your back and butt stay against it. And so immediately the challenge looks awful. They're shaking all over the place. And, um, Lindsay, Lindsay's the first one to drop. I think it was only 12 minutes, which I've seen a couple people only chirp online. Minutes. Only I've seen a couple people chirp that online. Christian Hubicki saying, Oh, I wish that challenge was only 12 minutes when I when I did it. Um, right? Yeah. So uh I say only 12 minutes. That's a long time to be in that challenge, but it's also one of those this challenge has gone longer. But mm-hmm. both of them drop out back to back as soon as Jonathan sees Lindsay. Yeah, he's dropping. hurt. He's, you can tell he's He's, he yeah. was done with it right yeah. away. Yeah, this um, this challenge has been adjusted clearly from from the Christian era. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe he could shake his butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, he was telling stories for hours. If if you remember back to that, was that, that the one? That was this challenge. Okay, yeah. I remember. Oh, I that. do remember that. Well, that's funny. I was gonna. That's another audience question. We've talked about this before on the podcast. But what would you do mentally to keep yourself? in the game like jeff is talking to them like this is remember when you signed up to play like this is what it's all about here but again in those moments like the pain is real i think about it when i like you go for a run or you do something you're pushing yourself there is a point where like i i can't do this and then there's sometimes mentally if you get into a good zone you can you can just keep that thought and head of you what's that show um uh kimmy schmidt or kimmy i'm mixing names and she remarkable Kimmy Schmidt, isn't that the show? And she's like talking about all I did was 
think like 10 seconds at a time. Like if I can get to the next 10 seconds and then the next 10 seconds um, that she could get through that. And so I just, I'm always thinking in this game, and this is tied to the audience question. What would you do guys to stay strong mentally? I've got, I remember a point in my life where I like, I randomly get small anxiety attacks from like claustrophobia, for example. And I had a method of, of getting through it. And I think everyone can find their own version of this, but mine was, I, I have this spreadsheet with all my favorite movies from every year. It's like my Oscars, for example. And my strategy was I would go back to like year 2000 and try and remember like all the winners, like year by year by year. And it made me focus on something so much that I started forgetting about the anxiousness that I was experiencing. So I wonder, I've never tried it in a situation like this in Survivor where you're in pain, but I would imagine it could work. Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I think that's a great idea. And could you do, and you could go through that list and, and kind of recall it and yeah, kind of change the focus from that pain to that. What about you, Jordan? Do you have a I, mental game? I have no idea what I would go with. Like, no clue. I'm trying to think of you use the example of like running to push through. I'm always listening to something when I'm running, which obviously right. you can't you can't do, right? So I'm distracted by they don't have that music when you're there on Survivor. Like no, the they're not gonna give me they're not gonna give me my AirPods to listen, yeah. just throw on my podcast. Imagine like, overdrive is so dialed in right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, can't do that. So I don't I don't actually don't know. Like that's a that's a good question that I don't I don't have an answer to on what I would do. I'd be interested to find out what I would do because you you find out quickly is my mental strength as good as I want it to be or hope it can be mm-hmm. in a moment like that because as much as a challenge like this is physical and balancing, it's also just I, I have to push I have to push through through it and using a tactic like distracting yourself in a way or or focusing on something else right Rafa Nadal you ever watch Rafa Nadal play tennis one of the things he does is anytime he goes to take water his water bottle when he leaves it is always facing the same direction because he's a control freak and that's what he can control. He can't control what his opponent's going to do. So he controls what his water bottles do. So he doesn't have to worry about that when he's playing his match, right? That's part of his, his mental game. And um, one of the greatest champions ever in sport, really. So Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I don't know what mine would, I don't know what mine would be is the, is the answer, but it's a great, great question. Uh, That makes sense. It'd be interesting to hear, what they were doing like obviously we know christians was just keep talking don't <laughs> yeah, stop talking exactly <laughs> well it's like sometimes when you have to drive a long distance and sometimes you just get in a groove where you're like i could drive for hours and then sometimes it's painstaking to just mm-hmm. get 20 minutes away right and yeah how do you sometimes it's you can put things in place sometimes it's a good conversation with someone and sometimes you just it just kind of happens right so i just don't know if there's a psychology to that a great podcast how great to drive podcast quick. that's right yes. jeff hold on jeff before this challenge can i give up my rice for the survivor at home podcast in my left ear uh to encourage me get there me on go. through it yes maybe the uh, kel episode two hour long first hour but... long yeah you're good to go yeah so let me ask you guys like do you... obviously it's a tough decision but what would you do in, in this do or die scenario? I, I Jordan, I know you don't like the twist, but but it's you, there. It's it's there, and you got to play with it. Um, yeah. What what do you picture yourself doing in a moment like that? 
one, you have to read the situation, right? So myself, I'd see myself more physical, right? Omer had an easy decision because he goes, I am not going to be able to be good at this challenge. I'm going to be the first one out. So I'm not even going to compete in it versus someone like Drea who is very physical. She's very strong, although she admittedly is not great at balancing. So maybe that was part of her decision-making, but she's someone who like, there's actually a decision to be made there because she is a physical player and knows that she can be good at a challenge like this. And I feel like I can put myself in, in a category similar to that, where a physical challenge, I'm not going to be a weaker one at it. I'm not going to be the strongest necessarily, but I'm also don't anticipate myself being the weakest one at it. So if I'm even, I think I would compete in it. I think I'd kind of be like the Lindsay attitude afterwards of, Ooh, should I have really done that? Was that the best decision for me? But I think I'd compete in it unless I was in such a good spot that I wasn't, that I knew I wasn't getting eliminated, whether it was actually an idol in my pocket or multiple or something else in the game that I knew I wasn't getting eliminated. I think I'd be more likely to compete in the challenge than not. Mm -hmm. I'm the same. I have that competitive spirit and I would definitely look probably a little arrogantly across the board and say like, I could do well here. I'm not going to come last, so I'll take it. But I, pro I probably would be like Lindsay. And I, I wouldn't think I could see myself making that mistake, not, not thinking, well, what if no one does this and it's just me against one person and the odds go to 50, 50. So then that's where I might get myself in trouble. But yeah, I would, I would lean towards competing. What about you, Stu? <sighs> I, I think it's far more than it is about, do I think I can succeed in this challenge? I think it's more about where am I in the game? Like how important is this immunity to me? Because if you're in a spot where you know, you're next, you're playing, even if you think you're terrible at the challenge, you're doing it. You, you have to do it because you essentially have two chances at immunity Right. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the wheel of death situation, right? In Survivor at Home, we have that situation with the wheel of death and no room to hide where everyone's discussing. And if it looks like you're the one out, take the wheel of death, you might get eliminated. But if you don't, you're safe and no one can, and you're, you're immune from the vote. Shout out to uh, Ben. Shout Dr. out to Ben. Has he replied to your text? He, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, just leave you hanging. Ben, if you're listening, please write us and help us with this question. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one for sure. And Lindsay, you can see the look on her face. You could feel it in the air. Like I said audibly, I'm like, oh no. Like usually she's neck and neck. She can take on Jonathan. But this one, I was like, oh, oh I think she's gone in over her head here. Like it just felt yeah. in the air like he was going to win that challenge. I said to Steph, I think, I think Jonathan's got this one. And she was like, she was, she's like, I can do this. You can do this. But yeah, ultimately she steps down and I was like, that was disappointing. That's one of those, I, I don't know. I, I don't always have favorites, but I just, I, I, Lindsay really is growing me week by week and just seeing her drop it there. I was like, I think this is it. I think this is the end of the line for Lindsay. Uh, it's too bad because she's played such a good season and has more to give. And, and I mean, she gave it her all. Some people are critical of this challenge too, because it's like almost punishing the people who are willing to push themselves further. But again, it's Survivor. You got to adapt. Adaptability, pivoting is also the name of the game. But yeah, I thought once she stepped down that that was the end of the road for her. Oh, man. I know it felt like that it was going to be different this time because last season we know Deshaun made it through the 
do or die. And there was a little bit of revisionist history on Deshaun choosing to go do or die. He lost into do or die. Didn't want to be there. Um, it felt like Jeff Propes was saying that he kind of chose there or went there and it worked out for him. Uh, okay. It did end up working out for him, but a little bit of a revisionist history. We go back to camp. It's pre-tribal. Lindsay made her, she feels like it's a million dollar gamble. She knows that there's a good shot that she goes out um, on this, on this twist, but she's a competitor and part of her inner being is she wants to go out there and compete and gives us a bit of her background. She competed on um, a, in a local football league on a, a boys football team. She was the only girl and she played every game for mm-hmm. six years and seems like she absolutely enjoyed it. And she's just, she's a physical com- competitor. That's what mm-hmm. she wants to do. And it's, it didn't show itself too much early in the game, mostly because it was overshadowed by Jonathan being one of the best athletes we've just ever seen on survivor, mm-hmm. but she was on his tribe with him step for step. And now we get in the individual portion of the game where it's less brute strength and it's more balance and full, like using your full, full body for um, strength and precision. And she's thriving mm-hmm. in these challenges. Yeah. She, and she, I, I really like those cameras that she has of yeah. just saying like, this is probably a million dollar gamble. Right. And she gets yeah. emotional. Like she's, and uh, did you guys say that when they started to show the video montage of the football story, which is great, but it's like, Oh no, like this, it's just backing up what I thought is going to happen. They're showing her goodbye story, her yeah. exit takes uh, really building up and what you said before Stu, where they kind of trick us sometimes. I really thought like they're real, they're building this case final seven just want to honor this great player kind of like when i think shan went out season 41 you just felt it and then like it was a it kind of honored her and the music played more emotionally so i i like that i like how she said that she's proud of herself and it's neat i was watching that back with my daughter today and my daughter is seven years old and she is fierce and she is a competitor and she has that competitive spirit already she's so critical of herself the other day she was trying to do, um, we, were, we were playing some sports outside, something she like had just started and she like couldn't do it. And it's like, I, I'm so bad and started like crying. And I said to her, like, how long have you been doing this for? And she said, well, I just started like the last couple of days. And I said, so just be kind to yourself. Like it takes a lot of practice, but she's got that drive and that's that inner voice. And you got to kind of wrestle with that voice and, and navigate, hopefully with good support through your life to know how to hone that in. And, and so it was neat to watch this episode with my daughter next to me. And when Lindsay said that I paused and I turned to her, I said, did you see that? Like she, she was really upset that she didn't win because she's so competitive and strong like you. But I said, but do you see, she also was really kind to herself. She's, you know, she, she spoke kind words to herself that she was proud and she recognized that she's not like her identity isn't just in that mistake, like that she can move on and learn from it and still be proud of herself. So just neat how, these little moments that you watch and like for us now with our kids seeing it, uh, there are some really positive messages that come out and just more credit to team Lindsay. I award you with dad immunity. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I will take it and put it in my pocket for like a Bay survivor. Lindsay is proving every day. She is tough as nails out there. Unreal. Well done. Well done by her in these challenges Um, and just bouncing back. She's, she's doing She's putting in some good work in in this, and it's cool to see a background story like that. Even if you get the feeling of 
does that mean it's the end of Lindsay's road here? Mm-hmm. Um, which it, which I agree with you. It kind of felt like when you're seeing that montage, but everyone else has to plan around. What if Lindsay doesn't get eliminated? Even though there's a good shot that she does, there's also a good shot that she doesn't. So what do we do in that case? Mm-hmm. Mike is telling Lindsay he wants to vote out Drea. And although Lindsay and Dre are working together, they share the amulet. So I'm sure that's music to Lindsay's ears as well. That, oh, the amulet, the second half of the amulet can go out and now you get a, get an idol for a blind side. It's a good, that's, that's not a bad trade, eh? Not bad at all. May as well take <laughs> it if, you, if the opportunity is there. No, she's good with that. She's got the amulet. Um, and then Lindsay has the confessional where she also says, Drea better hope that I go home because if not, it's going to be her. And right. you just realize, oh, we're actually like, that's... Well, it's final yeah. seven, right? Like there, this is where you're... It's totally an individual game if it wasn't before. And now it is. All yeah. the momentum is swinging towards Drea. Mike, Lindsay, Marianne, Jonathan are all on board Mike has an idol and he tells Drea he's willing to play it. Mike and Omar, Omar agree on Drea as well. So now basically everyone's been involved in the Drea mm-hmm. discussions except for poor old Romeo, who's not been involved. He gets told later on, but he's not really been involved in these discussions at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, by the way, I just want to say, you can tell that they mean it about Drea. When Jonathan says yes. like, we get to the end with her, like she's winning this game. And you can tell that's just not a fabricated story. No. They really believe she's, she's got the what it takes to to be the champion yeah yeah and then so everything's set up drea is the vote if Lindsay survives but survivors always got to make it interesting and so um omar knows mike's a threat and then drea tells him this is ironic this is this is ironic she tells him about the knowledge is power advantage giving him the power of knowledge about the knowledge is power advantage it's two seasons in a row it's, oh this, my goodness it's this is a curse this advantage it's, it's not sounds... a curse it's people being idiots drea is incredible like i'll say everything positive about her when she did that i'm writing in my notes i'm like you idiot like what are you doing why do they keep doing this yeah. and telling people the, the the secret advantages they have because it's going to come back to bite you i don't understand it like someone tell me if i'm if i just am not caught up with this new game of generation of survivor but i don't understand why you tell someone when you have an idol advantage and people say well it's good to build trust with your tribe no like don't tell anyone because as we see here again this is that is the sole reason she goes home thing she said he was the only one that i told i'm pretty sure that she like no one else knew right did anyone else know that she had that no, no one else knew. No one else knew that she had it because it was a shocking moment. This is where the game gets fun because we find out who's actually running the game. One thing I talked about last week when we were um, speaking with Cal was I knew how every vote was. I knew what was happening until I didn't, right? And that's when I got voted out. Here, there's only three people that know what's going to happen if they go to a vote in tribal council. And that's that's it. That might be spoiling a little bit. But and the two who are running the show are Omar and Lindsay, because Omar immediately tells Lindsay about the knowledge is power. And then they go, okay, we've got options. We can just let Drea take it and vote out Mike. Done. Not a great option because we don't want Drea to have that power. 
we take the we tell Mike and take the idol and then vote out Drea and then keep the idol or give it back to Mike, but we know where it sits. Or, and this was the toughest move of all, get it from Mike and then vote him out in that <laughs> moment. So make him think you're on your side by saving his idol from being taken away and then just vote him out. Those are the options that they've got in front of them. I think there was a different version of those options as well that was in front of them as well. But that's basically the option is let's get Mike's idol in our hands, know where it is, and then just decide who to vote out at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's those two that are running the show. Jonathan's not involved in that. Marianne's not involved in that. Obviously, Drea's not involved in that. Mike's not involved in the decision-making, but will be involved in the plan. Romeo's out to lunch. He's not involved in that either, right? Mm-hmm. It's those two that are running the show and are going to be the only ones that know what's actually going on mm-hmm. in this tribal council. Speaking of knowledge is power, in Survivor at Home Season 4, Stu, you won a knowledge is power type advantage, but it wasn't as powerful. It was more just like an insight that at any time you could play it and we could tell you how many idols or advantages were in play. I don't remember if it was who specifically had them, but just so you'd know, okay, so there's still three out there. And I remember you saying to me after like, that was not helpful in any way. Cause I knew pretty much Alex just had everything uh, at any given time, probably had four idols in his pocket. So See, didn't, curse. didn't help it's you. A curse. Maybe. Hey, maybe it is. I'll blame Katie. I'll throw it under the bus because it was her idea. But um, it could, it could, it could help. I think, I think played rightly. But it's just this is that recurring theme for the last few seasons of people revealing whatever. You've heard me go on the tangent before. I just can't stand it. I don't understand it. So my favorite part of this whole part of the episode is for Omar's confessionals. He is essentially sitting in a throne. I don't know if you noticed that, but they've yeah, got like this yeah. wooden chair that he's just sitting in. And he's like, here's my options. I can do this. I can do that. Here's, I'm going to screw this person and screw this person. It was amazing to watch. I loved every second of it. He's in the driver's seat for sure. Yeah. Um, and he knows it. He knows it for sure. And I don't think it's produced. Like last season, we didn't fully get the right picture of Xander and Erica. I feel like this season, even based on what Jeff said at the end, that they they are all they are all really playing hard and he is mm-hmm. certainly at the helm of it all going into this tribal council ready to move into tribal council okay um lindsay is still talking about making a poor choice in competing in the challenge that's the first thing that comes up in tribal council um but the line from mike we all gotta love mike at moments she didn't he doesn't think she did a stupid thing she did a warrior thing i like it I like the mindset, the warrior mindset. Well done. And Marianne has this sweet moment where she tells Lindsay, don't lose that competitiveness. Don't lose that competitive spirit that she's got. Um, Just like affirming Lindsay that, no, you went for it. Stick to that. That's who you are. That's what you, in the moment, that's what felt right. And it didn't work out, but go with what feels right in the moment. Like that's, that's part of what makes you, that's part of what makes Lindsay who Lindsay is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets into, we alluded, I alluded to it earlier in the fan question, but Omar knows this was not the challenge that he was going to even compete in. Um, he, his childhood was not focused on, um, physicality and sport and athletics. And this was a, a challenge like that. It's, it's not worth it for him. He knows that that's a weakness of his, um, and it made his decision really easy to sit out. And then an interesting spot, the head nods. And that flows into Drea's, but Mike with the two head nods. I love it. One is 
calm. Everyone stay calm. We've seen it before. Even there's different versions of it in Survivor at Home. Um, there have been versions of the calm head nod and then the side nod with a wink, which is get to the water well. Did you guys experience uh, that in the game? I've wondered that. Like when you want, you come to a, a, the social time with someone. For those listening, we do our socializing online. A Toronto-based startup company, uh, Triple Play, and you jump in and out of chat conversations pretty quickly. Um, so you don't have a lot of time. But did you guys experience that where you are just giving someone a head nod and that was enough for you to tell you, like, yeah, we're on the same page here? I experienced it where I try when I back when I played, um, we didn't use triple play. We were using the house party app and I tried to give the head nod to a couple of Alliance members of, Hey, I need to speak with you one-on-one and it didn't really work. And I ended up just sitting there on my own waiting for someone to join my chat. So it's harder. It not harder. It is difficult in an online format to do that. I don't know if it's easier or more difficult in person to give a, a wink or a head nod that mm -hmm. you need someone to chat with someone one-on-one. -on -one. It's easier. Um, it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was, I was thinking so, especially because we did have restrictions on what we could do. We couldn't send messages to someone either to say, Hey, I want to chat with you. Right. It was just, you, you got to try and chase them down. And the app that we used, you could see if someone was on their own and go join them and just hope that you don't get flooded with eight other people joining That's in that right. chat as well. So there was potential in that, but it was not easy to just go, hey, can I speak with you without just blatantly saying to three other people, I want to speak to this person one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I must say, like, even in our Lake of Bays game, it happens all the time. Like, you just watch people go off and have their little one-on-one -on -one conversations, and then you watch other people watching those people, and it's just, it's so funny to to witness. We've got, we've got well set up at each tribe, so... It just naturally becomes that's where Dude, we're this go is chat. so cool. I really want to play this game. <laughs> can you write get Ben if you're listening? Can you write a doctor's note so I can miss my father's 75th birthday? Come play. Uh, oh, that's man. really cool. I love that. And then that ties into what Drea says about the observing, observing. the observing okay. of the head nods, the observing of people going here and they're going to get firewood and there's no firewood and going to fill up your water bottle and there's no water and you're canteen right so we saw in that episode her observing the water well where she like yells out are you gonna return with my water soon from the water well right yes and, just... and she calls out omar for stopping his praying really quickly yeah that yeah. was a funny moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah okay. and she called out just yeah. in general she felt like people were acting differently around her right she yes. called out those specific things and also just in general she goes this isn't the same something's a little bit off around camp the right vibe now. in the tribe yeah, the you got vibe in the tribe. <laughs> you got to give her credit for for picking up on all of that. Mm. But where I don't give her credit is you do not talk about you picking up on all of that at tribal council. That makes no mm. sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But at that point, she's got the master plan in her head that it doesn't matter because she's got this plan to take the idol and use it. She's safe in her mind. But that one crucial mistake of telling Omer will come back to bite her. But before all that. One of the most exciting, shocking moments that we've seen since last season, but the fact that it happened another season again, the do it, uh, do or die uh, challenge, the Monty Hall. One of you guys want to explain that, but I just was absolutely in shock and I'm still reeling and like Twitter blew up because of it. But Stu, what's your take on the Monty Hall? scenario? Yeah, yeah I mean, the fact that uh, in both seasons, 
the person did not make the mathematical correct decision and won. Like it's it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> did you think she was getting it? Like when you guys saw her go up there. I mean, again, we knew that the time left in the episode kind of hinted at it. But if you tried to phase that out, what did you think? Honestly, did you think she was going home? Uh, it's it's tough. I mean, the the odds say as long as you switch, you have a 66 percent chance of being safe. Mm-hmm. So really, if this ever comes back, people should be using this as a if you're about to go home, I have a 66 percent chance of being immune tonight. Like how much better is that than the shot in the dark at the end of the day? Like it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, it was crazy. I'm still, I don't even have words for it because of what it's, happened. I, I've, I'm clear on my being against the twist, the drum, the drama that comes from it and the um, excitement that comes when Lindsay and Deshaun before her, are safe through this twist is incredible TV. Like oh, yeah. it's a jump out of your seat moment when she, when Je- uh, Jeff opens up the box and there's a fire thing in it. That's a jump out of your seat moment that she's safe because at this point, the storyline has been around Lindsay, this episode, mm-hmm. like support her. She was being competitive. She went for it. She worked for it. She wants it. Like, let's cheer her on. And then all of a sudden she's going to get knocked out by a couple of card or a couple of wooden boxes and the fire, the fire shows up and it's an exciting moment. And everyone is the camaraderie. Everyone's happy for her that she stayed. So and maybe, maybe it's growing on you. A little no, bit. not at all. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't twist my words. The TV <laughs> moment is really cool. It does not change my opinion, but the TV moment is really cool in this in this time. So she finds her way safe, doesn't do what the probability say she would, she should do, but it doesn't matter. She's safe. She picked the right box from the beginning. The second season in a row, they picked the right box from the beginning. They were right. They stuck with I can't it. can't believe it. And I'm just going to leave that there. If you want further of my opinion, go back to the final seven or eight episode last year where the do or die um situation came up and you can hear my opinions on the whole they picked the right box from the beginning and didn't have to change it um situation we'll move we're moving forward the vote is happening now it's what's going to happen here drea is playing her knowledge is power and immediately as she's reading it out and we know what's they the castaways hear what's going to happen mike's head drops it's good acting it's really good acting um, everyone I believe knows Mike has his idol because he had the, the shared idol, right? The soccer one. Yeah. The soccer one. So everyone should know at this point that Mike has an idol. It's pretty public, which public idols actually aren't the worst thing right now in survivor because you don't get voted for. If everyone knows you have an idol that you could just play. It's an That's interesting so different too, from how it used to be. You, that was yeah. target number one. If you had an idol. Yeah. yeah. If you had an idol and now it's, well, if, they have an idol, we target them and they play it. Now we're scrambling and we're toast. What do we do here? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Mike is, I wrote down, Mike looks very disappointed, but is he, is he acting? And we find out quickly, we know that he is because Drea, we know what she's going to do. She's going to go, she's going to ask Mike, do you have an idol? She asks him at least last season, we can kind of blame who was it who had the knowledge's power? Um, Leanna, Leanna had the knowledge's power last season. 
And there was a storyline of everyone knew she had it. And so they were just playing the Monty Hall problem with where is this, where is this idol going to be? Drea at least doesn't know that Mike knows about this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so goes after Mike for the idol. It's not there. Now everyone's confused because Drea's conf- Drea knows Omar betrayed her mm-hmm. on this. Marianne didn't know Drea had the idol or didn't know Drea had the advantage, but then also didn't know that Mike knew Drea had the advantage and gave away his idol, which she knew he had. So she's confused that he says no, but also that Drea has it. Jonathan's in that same boat. Romeo's in that same boat. The only three people who are on top of this right now are Mike who got pulled in with Omar and Lindsay. So I thought that was fascinating. The reactions of of a couple of those players, not even knowing the real, that would be a realization moment of, Oh, I don't know what's going on in this game. Like I'm left out. The dirty looks from Drea to Omar afterwards. Oh, oh, oh. I missed <laughs> that. Oh yeah. 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 Well, cause she had to know, right. And she shared that at yeah, the right. end that she knew that it had to have been Omar. Cause he was the only one that she told about it. That is uh, a sinking feeling. I just, the one person, like it's the, uh, is a brave heart, you know, where he shows up on the battlefield and the guy gets there and then rides away and leaves him to die on his own. That's, a similar feeling there. You, 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 you've put your trust in someone, you've had this great plan and we've all been there where you, you play it out and it's all logical, but you've just missed something. And so she really didn't think she was going home. No. And to have that happen would just be like, Oh no, like this is it. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. And who would have thought with all her advantages and that in her pocket that she would be oh, going home man. this episode. I don't, I don't think anyone would have guessed Drea. No. So my, my question for you guys is are shot in the darks gone at this point? No, I don't think they are. I don't think they are, but Drea can't use it in the situation because she's got her extra vote that she's got to use anyways. And all she needs is her extra vote, Romeo to vote with her and someone else to vote with her. And it's, yeah, a time I just, I just think you need the awareness at that point to go, okay, clearly people are slipping things by me that I'm mm-hmm. not in the majority of knowing about. And I think that's those are the kind of moments where you go, okay, I got to make an attempt to use a shot in the dark, but I bet that extra vote is what you're right. It's what caused her to, to not go in that direction. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would guess that like, you're just reeling from shock. Don't know how to react. And, and she went with that. The other thing is, so she chooses not to do shot in the dark. I'm okay with that. I'm not a big fan of shot in the dark. Anyways, it probably wasn't going to work. It was like a one in six shot. Probably wasn't going to work anyways. Um, But yeah, there's an interesting conversation to be had there about her her playing it. There's two moments in the actual vote casting that I just I picked out <laughs> and kind of laughed at. First was Drea's extra vote is as crumpled as can <laughs> be. It is you can you know which vote is hers based on that extra. I don't know if everyone I don't think everyone knows she has an extra vote, but um, that paper had seen better days. Uh, and then the second thing is, did we pick up that Mike? folded his vote inside out yeah that's an all-time moment go back and watch that's so it. good did you go catch back that and watch too? it he did he i did not yeah he types or types he writes out drea's name and then when he goes to fold it he yeah. folds it with the name on the outside it must have gotten fixed at some point but it was just, that was a funny moment of him him folding it the wrong way <laughs> it I saw was good it. it was so good i like that they include that stuff too yeah i was just watching going wait did I see that correctly? Did he just fold it and 
that's it. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, uh, um, I thought that was funny. Maybe do one of those uh, Saturday Night Live skits like the Sean Connery, Alex Trebek one where like you, you write it, but then when you unfold it, it actually says like a different word. <laughs> Dr. Oh. Drea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Now we're now we're playing. Now we're playing. So the votes end up going 5-3. It was a little bit dramatic, mostly because Drea had two votes on Mike, which we will get to right. um, afterwards. Um, yeah, Drea put two votes down on Mike. It was a 5-3 vote. So Omar and Lindsay... I'm interested to see. I would assume that Omar is going to give back the idol to Mike, right? That's a good assumption. You- I don't think so, man. Not this late in the game. Because like, this this is the last vote. You can use it, right? Six six left. I don't think he's giving it to, back. To- it's tough. It's tough. No way. I mean, no way. I'm guaranteed I, I, he's not giving it back. The smart move is you don't, but... And all that matters are your numbers. So if Mike is one of your numbers, you might have to, if that's your path to the end. If Mike's not in your final three picture and is not one of your numbers, I totally agree. You keep it, you pocket it, and you're safe next round. Mm -hmm. Especially as someone who you want to stay on Mike's good side, because generally if you're off Mike's goods and Mike's bad books, you're someone who's looking like they're going out. And two, Omar is not winning. So Omar, if he keeps the idol, he gets through final six. Guess who's not winning final five immunity? Omar's not Omar, winning final. Yeah. Omar's not winning final five immunity. Absolutely. Let's just like operate on this frog. Go ahead. <laughs> fix this, this cat's broken leg. Say, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say final five immunity is not. Not up. a vet challenge? No, it will not be anything to do with a vet. Um, Might be so he's a not frog. Winning. Yeah, yeah. That's I right. guess it could be like the gross a gross eating challenge. I doubt it, but it could be. Um, Omar's not. I don't think Omar's winning final five immunity, and then it's just, you're done at that point, mm-hmm. right? You're getting yeah, that's fair if you've burned those bridges, right? I'm, if you burn I'm, that I bridge, mean, they need to start working as if Jonathan's just winning immunity. Yes, like they yes, missed they their opportunities, right? They did, or they took that opportunity to do something else rather than vote him out. But they, they, at the end of the yeah, you're right. They did miss out on that opportunity. Um, so Drea has a, another great reaction to getting just completely played and blindsided. Um, it's not as easy to have these good reactions, but good job, Andrea, to do that. But she hugs everyone, has 17,000 laughs with Mike about him throwing two votes, or sorry, her throwing two votes on him, mm-hmm. um, and then leaves with a note for everyone in the game. And, and Drea, like in, a, in an accurate note, like not, an, it's emotional, yes. but she said well, everything she said is like pinpoint accurate. Pinpoint like, that's incredible as opposed to just losing it on people. So let's review these notes quickly. She's rooting for Lindsay. Lindsay knows why. We don't know why, but obviously they are they are great friends. So um, I took that to be the amulet amulet alliance too. Could be, could be. Yeah, great call. Um, Jonathan was never on her voting radar, even though. Uh, he wanted her out. Mike will win if he gets to the end, the kiss of death. Yeah. Romeo has been on the voting block every single time. Did she say that? Yes, she said that. Nice. Omar is the only person she showed, so, told the secret uh, of her knowledge's powers to. And she wanted everyone to know that he was the only person she told. Absolutely. Huge. And 
Marianne just keep being you. She loves Marianne. They are great friends. And she wanted to give her an encouragement on that, Hmm. but throws shade specifically at two people, not shade necessarily at Mike, but just tosses out the, yeah, you'll win if you get there, which has been thrown out before in survivor at home and in, um, Survivor has it been thrown out before in Survivor Lake of Base too? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's a classic shade. line. It's shade for it's sure. Because I mean, those are the only <laughs> two that are guaranteed to be part of the plan. She knows that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love it. And you know what? The, you know what's cool about what happened there with Drea? It gives you an accurate read on how the game is really happening. Because again, going back to Xander and Erica last season, where you both of those stories weren't told as accurately as probably played it on the show. Anyway. Yeah. What's happening here, what Drea says in summarizing kind of the, the kind of character that each person is on this show and on this season, it's very similar to what we feel about them, you know, and in, including Mike, you know, even maybe more so pointing to the fact that his friendships with people, his just general like likability, good guy, like that little bit older dude um, that everyone really respects, like that actually might win him the game, which is what I, t- I think I touched on that last week, that that as you know, Bryson was writing that online uh, from Survivor at Home as well, just calling out Mike. And I said, you can't diminish the friendships and how much people like you. So I just thought it was really interesting, her working through each of those and saying like, so Marianne, she's not talking about her as a threat. That's kind of how we see her to some degree. Like she's in the picture, you know, Romeo, the, the Jonathan thing that we think he's was a great social beast, but now he's not socially, sorry, a challenge beast. And now not a good social player like that's she's saying you weren't really on my radar so kind of verifying or validating what the audience is seeing so that i think we are going to get a very realistic ending and picture where there's not going to be that kind of shock of like oh wow erica obviously did play a good game but we didn't quite know that we didn't see that or xander looked like he was going to get lots of votes and but actually didn't have a strong social connection i i feel like jonathan's getting a bad rap lately i i I think the guy's got a shot. Like if he's a challenge beast, mm-hmm. the archetype mm-hmm. of challenge beast does not make it to the end. Like that is just how it it's works. It's unheard of. So if he can get there, if he's able to explain how impressive of a feat that is alone mm-hmm. and keep in mind, this guy's been safe two out of the five votes so far. So there were three opportunities where they could have got rid of him, mm-hmm. and they haven't decided to go with it. But at the end of the day, that shows that there is some kind of social game that he's playing. He has to be. Have they even put votes on him in those ones? Yeah, I'm gonna, his I'm name has been out. I've seen his name for sure. Uh, I don't know which one it would have been, but you, you're not wrong, Stu. I think we'd be foolish to think he's a goat or that he's not getting any votes in the end. He he can honestly get a few votes, and if he plays his cards, if he's able to. F- put his words together, which Lindsay seems to think he's not able to kind of think that strategic way. And that would translate to the way he communicates his strategy. But if he can do it, if he can, if he can really articulate, and he he even said this episode, like I've been trying to bite my tongue and that's actually helpful that they don't know how I'm really feeling. You know, if he can explain all that and tell the story and go back from the beginning, I I think you're absolutely right. Um, And, and I think even just people watching, they have painted him a little bit like as that aggressor. Um, obviously, the tribal council, some people thought he was not quite as gracious as he needed to be with uh, 
when that conversation came up about race. So maybe, maybe that's kind of the negative push on yeah. him right now. And maybe that's uh, people are missing the fact that he's actually done a lot of really positive things in this season. Yeah. His tough job will be getting sympathy for being the challenge beast that had to overcome. It's, it's so easy for uh, most of these other characters are kind of nerdy characters and I think it's going to be hard for them to sympathize for someone like Jonathan, whereas it would be a lot easier to sympathize with someone else who's more similar to their playing mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also just, observation. I, I also wanted to touch where we'll, we'll close out the episode with a great quote from Jeff um, in a couple of moments here, but um, in regards to there being fierce gameplay, but also great camaraderie, I think that's also contributed from specific players. Like, Mike, my list was Mike, Lindsay, Drea, Marianne are driving the camaraderie portion of the game, especially someone like Mike and Marianne drive that where that's not saying that anyone else would be driving a negative type of deal, but those personalities are so strong in the friendship and camaraderie that it's become a storyline of the season on high getting completely blindsided and lied to. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, he's like, great job guys like thank you so much for your opportunity here um and was was smiley in the moment he probably was pretty upset later on but um took it really well in the moment it was didn't show that he was hurt in the moment drea as well today in this episode laughing and sell almost like a mini celebration you get very few times where someone is celebrated on their way out. And it felt like a bit of a mini celebration in a way with Drea. And I think that is driven by a couple of people. And to me, that's Mike, Lindsay, Drea, Marianne are are driving that Mm -hmm. um, in this season. It's really cool that everyone else then picks up on that, follows along with that. And it makes for fierce gameplay. It makes for the point where I can say something like confidently say something like Omar's the villain. And I love him. He's awesome. He's out there. He's playing a great game. He is someone that you want to root for, even though he's using classic survivor villain tactics. Mm -hmm. I love it, man. All the feels for sure. As that came around and it is the cast. It's not just the show itself. Like there is thought that goes into it. And Stu, I know you guys do the same where you're obviously you want to be open to lots of different people, but you do, you put some thought and you hope that you get the kind of people who will come and play and play hard, but who are also good people who like just, will make it memorable, not just for themselves, but for the other contestants and that you hope some community forms out of it. And like, we don't do it perfectly. Some people have played it once and won't come back again. And that's okay. I'm not naive to that, but I just really, I do, I celebrate all the people that have come and seen how fun it is, how insane and competitive our version is on our online reality game. And also see just that the people are, like pretty cool people and like made some good connections. And a lot of people didn't know each other before and have become kind of these friends that haven't even met each other. Like again, talking about Cal last week, like we've never met each other in person, right? Stu, I mean, we've never met each other in person. Jordan, like we've only ever seen each other in person, like like going way back when we didn't really, it was like a different time yeah, of life. And completely then, different context, yeah, context like over so. 10 years ago or That's right. coming up on 10 years ago. So That's awesome. it's cool. It's good stuff. And it's, I'm sappy in it, but I love how it brings it together. And let's get to the quote itself because Jeff 
I mean, this is, I'm going to put this up on the website, survivorathome.com for sure. Cause it just captures the game. It captures my heart for the game. I, I wonder if it captured your guys's heart and for you listening at home, did that capture your heart for what survivor is? But let's, uh, do you have it written down there, Jordan? I have it. Stu? I have the, the tweet here with the quote. That's what you want. Correct. Yeah. Jeff Probst. I can't think of a season where I've seen this much fierce gameplay and camaraderie. This is the ideal way Survivor is meant to be played because it is just a game and it is just an adventure. It's an experience with people. Uh, it's an experience with people you're going to know forever. Preach, Jeff, preach. Preach, Jeff, preach. Yeah, <laughs> mic drop. Yeah, no, he, it, it, I couldn't agree more. It's, you kind of spoke about it earlier, Andrew, but like, that's why we run these things. That's it. It takes so much work and so much effort. And it's, it's like, it's a, like doing a job, yes. but you're, you are okay doing it because <laughs> it, it is, it, it, it's pain. It is. You, you, you don't sleep for like multiple nights a week leading up to it. Yep. And not because you, you're not in bed. It's just because your brain is like coming up with the next thing and it yep. doesn't stop. Yeah. And, seeing people go through the experience and appreciate all that you've done for them. I think that's what, that's why you do it. Mm -hmm. And I think Jeff encapsulated that perfectly with what he said. And I couldn't agree more. Beautiful, man. We should end right there. That's a great, that's a great spot to end. Very great spot to end. I do have just a couple practical details, but, Really well said, Stu. Really love having you on today. Um, for those listening at home, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you engage with us on Twitter. We got like 75 likes, like I said, which is in our little pocket of the GTA on the Survivor, you know, online reality game world uh, podcast. We're pretty excited for that. At Survivor at home, follow us on there. Like the tweet, share what we do. We got prizes. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, Luke uh, is the winner of our prize uh, for posting the picture of the Jenga blocks last week and tagging us. Uh, he wins a $10 coffee gift card coming your way. Uh, you maybe got to drive to Toronto and get it. And so we can actually hang out with you, Luke, but congratulations to you. Um, you could, if you're listening to the podcast uh, on Spotify, if you scroll down on the episode itself, click on this episode, you can see a few questions that we, we can put there for you to interact with. Mm-hmm as well i'd love for you to engage there of course on the website or just reaching out to us on twitter you can ask questions about the podcast we pick three each week to bring up and we got just two weeks left we have next week and then we have the finale of season 42 it's going to be a blast Uh, we got some great things coming up as we finish the season but um anything else oh and please consider signing up survivor at home uh season five is the september but before that survivor home light may 27th go to the website survivorathome.com forward slash light you will not regret it don't act out of fear act out of courage sign up for this it's going to be a blast and of course our guest today Stu's game lake of bay survivor lake of bays we're going to put that website in the show notes as well so check it out they're looking for two more people ideally a guy and a girl um and you don't and you don't have to be correct me if i'm wrong it's not like they have to like share a tent it doesn't have to be husband and wife or anything like you correct. can be in a separate tent that, but just that's who you're looking for to fill out the cast yep absolutely and and 
just to back up Survivor at home, I had a great time playing season four. It was awesome experience. I it was so fun being a player and experiencing all that you did to put everything together obviously everyone's in a different place and you have so few materials available to you and i just found it really creative and awesome to to experience from my end and i really appreciate you including me in that so awesome yeah to everyone listening definitely give it a give it a try if you haven't and if you have do it again um and if you want to come out and try it in 3d we're happy to have you on lake base That's awesome. Well, Andrew, thank you. Stu, thank you for joining us today. And um, we look forward to next week's episode. Second last from the finale, the penultimate episode. Is that correct? Um, Headed in. So thank you, everyone. This has been Survivor at Home, the podcast, and we will talk with you next week. Cheers.